Hello and welcome to Feed, Play, Love and this episode of Helpline with Mother Craft Nurse Chris Minogue. Chris has over 30 years experience helping families with everything from bringing your first baby home to the second or the third or the fourth, whatever might be happening for you. Chris is here to give you the advice that can just guide you through when things get a little bit tough. You have several ways that you can get in touch with us. If you're joining us live via Facebook now, you can just pop your questions below the video. If you're listening to the podcast, unfortunately, this is our last episode for the year. We'll be back in January 4th. So if you can hold on till January, you can send your emails through to helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. I should mention, though, if people are listening and despairing, uh, the parent we actually have on Babyology the Parent School, which um, is a, a platform where you can book a one-on-one session with someone like Chris Minogue. Um, and uh, so there is still help available, even though we are taking a break. Chris, welcome. Hello. Hi, how are you? I am very good, thank you. That's good. Enjoying the roll into Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. We have quite a few questions, so I'll just get straight into it. Perfect. We have a question from Kate on our Facebook inbox, another way you can contact us. She says, my partner and I are really struggling with our six-month-old sleep. He's going down for his naps a lot easier. Now he's a bit older, but since birth, he wakes anywhere up to eight times a night. He starts the bed in his co-sleeper next to my side, but by morning, I've put him in the bed with us to try and get as much sleep as we can. We've weaned him off his dummy so he doesn't need that to sleep anymore, but he'll still well, he'll still wake multiple times during the night crying. I feel like a bad parent because I give up sometimes and feed him back to sleep at least twice a night. I know he's still only very young and baby sleep can be all over the place with regressions, but it feels like he's been in a regression since birth. Uh I'd love to be able to have him in his cot in his own room, but I don't see that happening while he's still waking so much. I think I just need to hear that other people have been through this and that there is a light at the end of the tunnel from a very tired mum and dad. Oh, well, the good news is, Kate, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, but we might need to do a bit of work to get to the end of the tunnel. And the first thing that I can pick up on is that he's six months old and still in a co-sleeper. So the chances are now his bed is a bit too small for him. He's probably got his arms free, he's kicking around, he's moving around, and he's touching the sides of that co-sleeper. So The first thing I would suggest, even if you want to keep him in your room, is put him into the cot, give him a a bit more room around him, and it might reduce the number of wake-ups. It won't stop the wake-ups, but it might reduce it, and then we can really get a sense of what might be going on for him. So at six months, they generally are having four feeds in the day, two meals, uh, two good sleeps and and a nap somewhere in the day. And that they can usually sleep for about six to eight hours overnight. So he might sleep for six hours, have a feed, then another four or five hours, have a feed, and then the morning. Or he could be sleeping till two in the morning and then through. So between one feed overnight and two feeds overnight, I think it would be really reasonable. I think what has happened in the past isn't necessarily what's happening now and that he needs more space. Then I would do some really basic settling. So getting up, just body rocking him to get him to sleep, pick him up if he gets too upset, give him a cuddle and put him back down again. 
The other root thing that could be happening is when you come into bed at night, that's the first disturbance. It's just the noise and the movement around the room. And he's just there. He's literally just beside you. So you hear every sound he makes. So there is something about um, if he was just in the next room, do, is he ready? Is it time for him to go there? Or if you're going to keep him in your room, you need to maybe move him away from the bed so you don't hear as much from him. But the first thing I do is put him in the cot because I think that will give you a true picture of whether he can sleep longer before he needs a feed. And I would do basic settling. So let himself settle for a few minutes, then go up, rocking, patting. If that's not working, pick him up, give him a cuddle, pop him back down again. Oh, and I have to say, Kate, you are not a bad parent and it is no. something that we all we no. all go through. And, you know, sometimes like, that's why you call in here. You just get yeah. guidance. Best well, there's advice, no bad parents. No, it's just parents right. surviving. Exactly. And a friend of mine said it's not a problem till it's a problem. And that's, that's exactly fixing right. it, which is what you're doing. So good luck, Kate. And I hope you get some sleep soon. Hey, it could be your Christmas present, maybe. Ask Santa. True. Our next question comes from Gemma on email. She says, I have a three-month-old boy and a three-year-old girl who are both at home, who are both at home with me full-time. So needless to say, life is quite challenging at the moment. I'm after some advice on how to encourage my three-month-old to work off a feed, play, sleep routine so I can work to create some kind of daily rhythm for us all. So far, I've tried to encourage feed, play, sleep by breastfeeding my three-month-old within the first 10 minutes of waking, and he usually sucks strongly for two to six minutes, but then refuses anything more. I have spent up to an hour just sitting and trying to encourage a big feed to start the day right, but he just gets cranky and turns away. After about one and a half to two hours of being awake, he begins to show signs of tiredness. So I put him to sleep with some gentle rocking before putting him in his cot. During this time, he will begin to suck my shoulder or his hand. So I end up feeding him and he will feed well for 20 to 40 minutes until he falls asleep. And so this cycle continues throughout the rest of the day. How can I break this pattern? I begin Bub's bedtime routine at 8 p.m. once his big sister is in bed and he is wow. usually asleep by 9.30 p.m. and will sleep, sleep anywhere between three to six hours before waking for a 20 mm-hmm. to 40-minute feed and then back to sleep for another two to four hours starting the day between 6.30 and 8.30. Also, he's a very gassy and vomity baby but is gaining weight appropriately. I'd say this little fellow is a bit overtired. He goes to bed very late at night. Um, now, does that affect your feeding? Probably, because I think he's overtired and that's why he's having such long feeds overnight. So he's a little um, three-month-old, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So the, the way to get him into a feed place sleep cycle in the day is not feed him under three hours. So you use a three-hour cycle. But from when he feeds at night might be affecting that first feed of the day. So, for instance, if you had fed him... If he goes to bed at 9, sleeps till 3, has a feed and then wakes up 5.30 for a feed and goes back to sleep, he won't be hungry for the next feed. So the key is to have about three hours from the night feed to the morning feed so that he feeds well for you. So a quick feed as as a three-month-old would then be something like, I don't know, five to seven minutes on each breast. 
So we're working up, you know, you might be much fuller in the morning so he doesn't feed as, as long as he might do in the afternoon or the evening. And from that point of offering that first feed, don't keep going backwards and forwards over the hour because they start to get frustrated and push away. Feed him to the best of your ability. Then his next feed isn't till after the next sleep to move you into feed, play, sleep. So if he's up for about an hour and a half or two, you put him down and he sleeps for about an hour and a half, we're roughly now three hours from that previous um, feed, then that feed will be a really good feed. And that will start the pattern of moving into feed, play, sleep, which is appropriate for his age. So I think you've got to have one morning window that's going to feel a little bit tough to get him into feed, play, sleep. And then the next feed at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock will be the next sequence but that feed will be really good and that's going to help you move into feed, play, sleep again. Just watch how late you're putting him to bed. I think he's probably going to be a little bit overtired. That means he would have almost had five sleeps in the day to get to 9 o'clock at night, like to 8, 9 o'clock at night, um, and he could be a little bit overtired. So um, make sure you're watching his signals as opposed to what you think will fit in with, you know, juggling two children. So hopefully that will help. Good luck, Gemma. Heather on Facebook Live says, my 15-month-old daughter screams a very loud piercing scream off and on all day. How do I respond to that situation and discourage all the, all the screaming? So usually around that age, they will squeal as a form of language. So it depends on what um, context she's squealing about. So if she's using squealing as language because she may not have a lot of words, then it's time to get down close to her, maybe a gentle we don't squeal and then ask her to take mummy to where she needs to be. So say she is thirsty and she wants her cup, you say take mummy to what you need and she might take you over to the cup. So that's a language one. So hasn't got many words, uses squealing. If she's got quite a lot of words and she's still using squealing, then it's trying to stop that squealing and saying, no, no squealing, that's a good one, hand up, so no squealing. Um, sometimes we can use a bit of gentle ignoring. So if she's squealing as you're getting dinner ready, then we can just ignore that for a minute, keep getting dinner ready. So it actually depends on the context of how she's squealing and when she's squealing. But some gentle no, we don't squeal, use your words, or take mummy too will reduce the squealing. But they all do it. At some stage they all squeal or grunt. Grunting oh. is another version of it. Imagine if you had a mixture of both. Yeah, you'll never know. <laughs> I hope that helps, Heather. Um, this one is from our Facebook Live and it's Nakareti or Nakareti. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Um, she says, my baby sleeps in our spare room while we get his big, bo big boy room ready. He's about 18 months old and a great sleeper, but he self-soothes self using rubbing our ears to do this. We've tried all the alternatives possible, like teddies, blankets, different nightlights, diffusers, white noise. It's getting to the point where he will not sleep without it and is leaving scabs on our ears. We are out of ideas and just wondering if we should just get used to it or not. How is your head that close to his hand? That's the first maybe question. They, maybe they lie next to him when he goes to sleep. 
Yeah. He's 18 so the first thing, first thing we need to know is what is he doing at that point? Are they holding him and he's putting his hand up, you know, like a breastfed baby often puts their hand up, or are you laying down? But either way, I think you just have to stop it. It's mm. not an easy thing to do. But an 18 month should be going into their bed, maybe giving him, you'd have to use a very, um, I, I can see why a teddy wouldn't work because it doesn't feel the same. So it'd have to be a much smoother surface to mimic that same rubbing effect. But I suspect you must be either still holding him or you're laying with him and that that's the actual problem and that's why the other things haven't worked. So I think it's time now, um, you know, you get in his, I'm not sure what you mean by big boy's bed ready, but I'm assuming it's a cot in another room and, and putting him down. And then maybe doing some presents might help him. So sitting by the cot where he's not touching you, but you're quite close to him until he lays down, a few pats when he lays down, and then leave. And then see if this will work as a substitution. Um, but in case of in, in the case of replacing the action, I don't think a teddy would work because your ear is very smooth. So I think it'd have to be something quite smooth that you could give him to make that rub. Um, feel more like what he does with you but the first thing I would ask is how is he doing it to work out how to stop it but uh, yeah otherwise put him in the cot sit beside the cot once he's laid down give him a few pats then leave and that might help make a substitute to the actual robbing yeah and I've got to say um, not that this is very encouraging but <laughs> when my daughter used to pinch my arm to sleep yeah we also tried everything and I never found anything that supplemented that feeling of no skin and the only way she stopped doing it was literally she grew out of it and uh, she could only pinch me as you're saying I guess Chris, yeah. she would she only pinch me when I was in, when I was holding her in my arms yeah so in the end it was just a matter of her being put apart. In, well, you had to put it down. Yeah, exactly. Well, I had to put it down anyway. She was breaking my flipping back. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's the only way they can do it. So the only way of really getting away from it, the first step is to be able to put them down, but give them some sort of comfort that creates that same. But that, the ear would be a very difficult. I've heard of a lot of babies that rub hair. Yes. Like they hold the hair and they rub the hair. And you can, and one I got rid of, I put a wig on a teddy <laughs> and he just rubbed the teddy hair, uh, the, the hair oh on the teddy, and that substituted the mother's hair. So we wow. did, we did, but I, pinching and rubbing an ear, I think it would be too difficult. I think Very you'd have to put them down and reteach them. Yeah, don't, don't waste your money. Yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> I kept going to shops and feeling all, all kinds of weird stuff. Going, yeah, this, no. Feel like my skin. underarm. Yeah, skin's not an easy one to replicate. But but thank you, Nakaretti, because uh, now I know of someone else who had a their child do something strange. Oh, there's skin. lots. There's <laughs> lots. You're not alone. You're not no. alone. Here's a question from Mel on Facebook Live. She says, how long should my almost four-week-old sleep at night? I stress that I'm letting him sleep too long. At the moment, he's sleeping about six hours straight at night. He only sleeps three to four hours across the day. His last feed at night is between between 12 and 1 a.m. Did you say he's only four weeks old? Mm -hmm. Okay, I think the problem here, I think there's nothing wrong with the six-week 
a six-hour sleep with a four-week-old, as long as they're putting weight on and they're developing perfectly fine. I think the problem is that this little fellow is not sleeping during the day and that's a bigger problem. So I think in this case is setting up um, the rhythm of sleep. So feeding uh, is only four weeks old, so it'd probably only be awake only a short period after a feed, really watching those tide signs, that yawn, that whinge, wrapping him. And a four-week-old I would wrap. I wouldn't be using any swaddles. There's no swaddles on the market that fit them well at four weeks. I'd wrap them to calm and quieten him, cuddle him till he's quite sleepy, and then put him down, put my hands on him and do a bit of body rocking. So I think in this case the answer to your actual question is there's nothing wrong with the six-hour sleep window, but I think the bigger problem is that he's not having much sleep in the day and he he won't be feeding effectively. So he needs much more sleep in the day, probably regardless of how you get it at four weeks, so that he can feed effectively, so he can sleep effectively. So I'd go back and have a look at your days, but at the point at this point, a six-hour break wouldn't that's, there's no problem with that. Louise sent a message to our Facebook inbox. She says, how do I manage to get my eight-month-old to sleep in the car when we have to drive for, four, for three hours? Up until now, she has not been able to fall asleep when we are out driving and on the rare, rare occasion has done a short power nap, but that's it. Do you yeah. have any tips for encouraging her to sleep while we drive? That's a good question. It's very, some children just never do. There's too much light, there's too much stimulation for them and they're mm. children who usually need a calm, very calm environment, um, which is difficult. I think the only thing you can do, an eight-month-old is only on two sleeps in the day. So I'd definitely be trying it more in the afternoon. If you had to drive that three hours, it would be in her afternoon sleep. and um, I would put her in the car 20 minutes before she's due to go to sleep so that she can sort of calm down and get relaxed in the seat before you, you know, as you're driving that three hours. The second thing is most children wouldn't, wouldn't sleep for three hours in a car anyway, but some sleep would be better than no sleep at all, mm -hmm. as you say. And so you should be able to, if you're on a big freeway, because driving for three hours, you must be on a freeway, they usually sleep their best on that. And having those sunshades like the snap shade or something on your window so it calms and quietens that area might also help her be able to sleep better. Mm. Good luck. I guess there'd be a lot of people needing that yeah. sort of answer uh, yeah. heading into Christmas. We have a question from Amy from our Facebook Live. She says, my two-and-a-half-year-old has had bad sleep since she was a newborn. It started from being held to sleep due to reflux she still wakes multiple times and either wants me to sleep in her bed or she climbs into mine some nights she's still wide awake until 3 a.m what is your opinion on using melatonin for young children well melatonin has to be discussed through a gp or a pediatrician for the start but melatonin or drugs to make them sleep do not work unless you change the sleep behavior and because this has been such a long-term sleep issue and now she's two and a half, did it mm -hmm. say two and a half, mm -hmm. Siobhan? Yes. There's probably more things that we can do to help her to sleep well in general than to use melatonin and then when you stop using it, you go back to exactly the same problem. Mm. So 
if you're using anything like that, it would be under a GP or a paediatrician, but it's not going to work unless you know how to change the behaviour. And if she's two and a half, you would consider things like decreasing her day sleep to a reasonable amount so she's not overtired, changing her cues about going to sleep and what happens when she wakes overnight. And, and that part of this question is really typical of two-and-a-half-year-olds who wake frequently. So as we've spoken about before in other podcasts, we use things like bedtime explorers to teach her to relax and be calm in her bed. We make sure the timing is right and we're really consistent maybe at night at taking her back to bed. This is more about what does she need when she wakes up overnight and trying to create a pattern of comfort that allows her to learn to go back to sleep. But um, it would also be about looking at how much sleep is she having during the day. We have an email from Fiona. She says, just wondering the best way to cope with possible late nights with the Christmas functions, namely Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with a yep. three-year-old. Would giving him a nap, even though he has dropped his nap, help him cope with a later bedtime? He yep. normally goes to bed around 7.30, but have agreed to push it out till 9 or 9.30. Okay. So as long as you're not doing these in consecutive days, he should be fine. So sometimes, and I know it's really hard, everybody wants to see him and it's all at night, but having an overtired three-year-old could be worse than the event on Christmas Day. So as long as they're not in consecutive days, I would do exactly what you're thinking. I'd give him about a 40-minute sleep between 1 and 2 in the afternoon and that should hold him through. But 9.30 is quite late because rarely do they sleep in. So he'll go to bed at 9.30 and he'll be quite calm and relaxed during the period because you've given him a little sleep, but he'll still wake up at his normal time. And so over a few days he would get very overtired. So I just wouldn't do it in consecutive days. Um, and, yes, I would give him a sleep in a day, in the day just for 40 minutes, and that should see him through. We have a question, and this is possibly our last one. We'll see how we go. From Neda, or Nida, sorry. She says, it's from an email. She says, my 10 and a half month old has been waking up for the day somewhere around 5 a.m., sometimes even slightly earlier, occasionally goes to 5.30. His routine is breastfeed after wake, solids, breakfast solids about uh, an hour later, mm -hmm. around three and a half hours after wake time, usually sleeps for an hour and 15 minutes. Morning tea after he wakes from nap, lunch at 12, another breastfeed an hour after lunch. He then goes down for second nap around three and a half hours after waking from the first one. This is often one hour, 20 minutes, but occasionally could be 45 minutes. Um, then has afternoon tea when he wakes, then dinner at five and bath and a breastfeed again in bed at seven. He self-settles for all naps and, last, and nighttime just with his blankie and has recently had some nights where he sleeps through but could also be up once a night. Room is very dark and is not cold as aircon is on. What can I do about the early morning wakes? I've tried leaving. Oh, go on. Sorry. Um, that's okay. I've tried leaving him for as long as possible, but he usually starts screaming hard after 10 or so minutes. I've also tried feeding him one side and trying to pop him back down, which mostly doesn't work. So I often end up giving him his morning breastfeed at around 5.30 or 5.45. Yep. I think he's overtired because his afternoon sleep, um, so he's doing three and a half hours. So his afternoon sleep, he must be getting up at 2.30 or 3 o'clock. 
and he's not going to bed till seven. And there's this very funny thing about children. If they go to bed overtired, they wake up earlier. And if you put them to bed earlier, they sleep longer because they're more rested when they go down. So they feed better. So the first thing I'd be looking at this for Nita is to put him to bed earlier um, because he's probably overtired from the afternoon. So somewhere in there is stretched too far um, because you've tried everything else. So you've tried leaving him, you've tried half feeding. And so the only thing that I could think of that might make a difference is putting him to bed more at 6.30 than at 7 because he's overtired and see if that works and push him through. But generally, even if you try that, I generally try and get him to resettle. So I generally leave him as long as I could go in, do some settling. The really hard thing is by quarter to six, it's really bright at the moment. It's really light and bright. But even if you could get him to quarter to six, I'm sure the day would be much better in general because he's waking so early, it must be pulling the day forward. So try putting him to bed earlier and see if that helps initially. Well, Chris, we might end it there. Um, thank you Aww. so much for coming on and answering the questions. Oh, well, you can stay Pleasure. for an extra hour if you like. I'm sure no one would mind. <laughs> um, and I hate to say it, but I actually have to say Merry Christmas. Yes. This is our last episode before the end of the year. Yeah. Um, we will be playing a repeat next week. However, we'll be back on January the 4th, I believe, with your fine self. Absolutely. So if you have any questions you want to email from them, I don't know about you, but I doubt I could wait that long. So if you need to get in touch with us beforehand, please check out Parent School. There'll be links in the notes of this episode and also below on this Facebook Live. Chris, have a lovely, safe Christmas. I will. Thank you. you And Merry Christmas to you all. Merry Christmas. See you next time. Bye-bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.